Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that. Just like that. Here we are. Final hour is here. Tuesday Last edition. hour of the show. If you are finishing up at work, we're going to make the hour fly by for you. If you're on your way home, it's going to fly by as well. We're going to get you uh, up to date on all the headlines uh, out there. Plus, uh, Stephanie Odie joins us. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll discuss college football openings across uh, the, the college landscape right now. Who may be in line to land some of these jobs based on uh, coaching circles that she's talked with. And uh, she was also in Knoxville for Tennessee and Florida. And we'll get her take on Ohio State. She covered the Buckeyes for years on their outlook and among the teams on their schedule, other than Michigan, could Penn State or Minnesota uh, in a championship-like setting get them? Maybe not. Who's better, Penn State or Minnesota? We'll ask Stephanie. That's coming up in, in 20 minutes. Chad, uh, Josh Heupel has Tennessee pretty good in the top 10. Um, and the offense is rolling. You showed me a graphic earlier through Fox and Fox Sports, then right now, uh, among the touchdowns scored, they're second in the country offensively? Yes, as I try to stop a sneeze, as you did about the same time yesterday. I did, Right yes. now. I'm, I'm, I'm swallowing it whole right now. So it was North Carolina <laughs> fourth. Uh, it, was, it was Ohio State first, Tennessee second, uh, Kansas, Kansas, I want to say third, North Carolina four, if I'm remembering the graphic correctly. Um, I and mean, wait, some of the some of the stats for Tennessee offensively is just put this unreal. in perspective. Like all of us watched uh, North Carolina, I say all of us kept up with North Carolina, Appalachian State. Chad and I definitely did, uh, and watched this game. But knowing the pace and the the points scored in that game and the touchdowns, and Carolina, I mean Carolina would be an obvious guess if you said name the top five scoring offenses right now, just based on that game. Yeah. To know that Tennessee's ahead of them, like I, they're they're scoring in packs and bunches, but I don't, I wouldn't have said you know at their guaranteed top five because I would be racking my brain thinking, okay, where's the trick? Ohio State, Tennessee, pretty obvious though when you start looking game by game, very consistent. Uh, Kansas though, Kansas is uh, their That's offense the big, is incredible. I never and their yardage them. totals are through the roof, also much like Tennessee's. And and not just offense, specifically at quarterback, where that's where Josh Heupel cut his teeth. Quarterback development, coaching quarterbacks, going back to his time at Oklahoma under Bob Stoops. Hendon Hooker, eighth nationally in passing efficiency, fifth in total offense. Keep in mind, too, his two biggest games, yardage-wise, everything came against Pitt and Florida, the two legit teams on the schedule so far. Um, 22 for 28, 349, two touchdowns, 112 on the ground on Saturday. But specifically Josh Heupel, the, the way he coaches quarterbacks and can develop them, and his offensive system is so quarterback-friendly. I think a great example of that was, by the way, the numbers are tremendous on Saturday ratings-wise for that game. Over a million more people 
watch Tennessee Florida on Saturday than any other college football game on Saturday over the weekend, up 34% from a year ago, uh, year to year on CBS in that same window. And the year before, I believe, it was A&M Arkansas the, se- uh, the season before. So uh, 34% is a big jump. America was watching this game on Saturday. It was the game of the weekend, and Josh Heupel delivered. Great illustration of how quarterback-friendly this offense is. The touchdown right before the end of the first half. Hendon Hooker rolls right, and it is a clear one-two option play. You were rolling right with 11 seconds left in the half. It was, I think, second down at this point, maybe third, but I think second. He has Brew McCoy coming from the opposite side of the field that's going to be going in the back of the end zone. It's either throw to Brew McCoy, throw it away if there's pressure in your face, or run it in if you can. You can go right to the to the, to the the pylon at that point. It, it, it's so simple, but the play design was so simplistically perfect in watching it, and Tennessee capitalizes – Touchdown to Brew McCoy. I think that's really the hidden strength of Josh Heupel is how simple he makes things in his offense. It's complex in that everyone's got to be well drilled and on the same page at all times. Oh, but it's but it's it makes it very user friendly for the quarterback. Yeah, and it's so. I mean, they scheme guys open better than practically anybody in college football. I mean, they they make it look very easy in what is a very dynamic process throughout the the offseason and during the practice regimen. And they, that, that's the skill in what Heupel's doing is making what they're what they're doing look very backyardish and wide open when they do I think they do a very good job of being very very precise on where they want to go with oh, the football. Yeah. Well, and just watching, I mean, it, it takes an appreciation when you watch just how well-schooled they are. One example is a, a receiver, you know, Ramel Keaton makes the great catch down the sideline. He's immediately having to get up and find the umpire to throw the ball to him to set the ball. Yeah. And just how quickly everyone gets lined up and is in the well, right spot and how quickly they can adjust the play call and get in a different formation and snap the ball. It, it, it takes a lot with that. Um, I, I've been very impressed, though, with, with Josh Heupel overall just – there's a different vibe around the Tennessee program with him where well, consider, it seems like guys are happy to play football. Consider the roster he inherited, though. You know, like well, what, mean, what he took over in the situation they took over. 38 guys left, I think. In the middle of the NCAA investigation, which took way too long. But again, he inherited all that. Um, at the time, Danny White had just taken over as AD, and it was like, oh, he's settling for the guy that he was just working with because no one else that he was calling around was interested in, in take. It, that was it was th- that was the vibe when he took the job, and then to take over what a three win team, yeah, three and seven, to then go to a seven win jump, and now go into this year where there's eight nine win expectations, but now at four and zero. Oh, you're able to raise the floor has been lifted to a point where the ceiling now is 10. The ceiling now can be sugar bowl. And when you put that in perspective on what he inherited, not four years ago, like 18 months ago, that's incredible with the talent level. Honestly, if they win in two weeks at LSU, I think the Sugar Bowl is the floor at that point. Well, yeah, but, but no because one, they're go. I mean, they, but it, no it, one was mentioning Sugar Bowl yeah, a it, month ago. Then it becomes okay. Uh, Kentucky's the toss up in Knoxville, but I mean, you're looking at a strong chance of ten and two, with yeah. Alabama and Georgia being the two losses, which would guarantee 
Tennessee a spot. And if we're playing 12 team playoff, they're in the playoff at that point. They're right. playing oh, for yeah. a national championship yeah. at 10 and 2, possibly at 9 and 3, they'd be doing that with their with their schedule. A buddy of mine brought this up over the weekend. I thought it was an interesting comparison. He said Tennessee to him looks like the early days of the Clemson dynasty with Taj Boyd at quarterback. If you remember in those days, this is probably 08, 09, 2010, right around there. Those Clemson teams scored a ton of points when not everyone at the time was scoring a ton of points in college football. And the defense, I remember there was one Kevin Steele bowl game. They gave up 70, I believe, to West Virginia. Defense couldn't stop anyone. But there was a feel-good vibe around Clemson and Dabo Sweeney at the time. They were landing players, and it felt like a team on the rise. Now, can Tennessee become Clemson from a national power standpoint? It's much more difficult because they're not in a weakened ACC. Clemson took full advantage of Florida State going down. They took advantage of their circumstances. Tennessee's going to have to play Georgia and Alabama every year, and they're going nowhere. So to go undefeated or even have one loss is a far cry from going 9-3 and three consistently, which I think Josh Heupel's got Tennessee in a position to do pretty consistently, to get them to that level. And as we mentioned, just mentioned, Hutton, if you do that, you're competing for a spot in the new 12-team playoff when that starts. And and to Heupel's credit, and also, I mean, this also points both directions here. He's winning at this rate, and he backdoored his way into the right quarterback. You know, went with Joe Milton early. Joe Milton, who had 17 practices with him, won the job. And Hendon Hooker takes over after the Florida game last year. And they go take on Missouri post-62 against Eli Drinkwitz and company. And they're off and rolling. And over their last seven games, just going back to last year, they have scored 34 or more points in seven consecutive games. And in those games, in those seven, Hooker's not thrown an interception. He has 17 touchdown passes. He has four rushing scores. And again, no turnovers. A 70% completion percentage. And if you want to go just in total on, on what he's done through 17 games, 38 touchdown passes, three picks. He's got his quarterback in rhythm. Speaking of Heupel, he can trust him. And now they can layer receivers with Tillman being out. It, all, it almost helps them add an additional piece with an opportunity for a guy to step up because Heupel's good enough to put those dudes in really opportunistic situations. For instance, a a guy's got to go make a play. But Ramel Keaton's play, does that happen if Tillman's playing and they're also spreading it around to Brew McCoy and they're posting these numbers and you've got uh, Jalen Hyatt who's also getting his this year? Now they've got another piece that what can they build on off of what we saw from Keaton, who's been good to start the year, moving forward now into October. I'm, I'm intrigued by... How they it, last year it was a three pack, right? It was yeah a group of three. Can they get to five? Can they have five receivers that rotate in? Uh, right now they've got that. Yeah, I mean, it, when you break it down, I like to look at seasons in thirds. So the first third of the season was this first four game stretch with two real tests at Pitt, Florida at home. They ace that test. Yeah. Okay. They they they're four and zero, so they're in the top ten. So they ace test number one. Now they get a, a weird stretch where it's at LSU after a bye, then it's Bama at home, then it's UT Martin, then it's Kentucky. There's one sure win coming up in October. 
mm-hmm. and that is UT Martin for homecoming later in the month of October. Three other games that are either a toss-up type game, we'll see when the lines come out, or a game that you're going to be a pretty substantial underdog, I would think, in. Um, so this is the next test now for Josh Heupel. He's passed everything so far with flying colors. It's funny you bring up he backdoored his way into Hendon Hooker. That's the one thing that just looks weird now when you see how good Hooker is. Yeah. But I give him a pass only because he said, we weren't seeing this in practice. You know, there's the stories now, even Hooker says it, where he wasn't as confident. He wasn't letting it rip in practice. Then they saw him play a pickup basketball game, and his quarterback coach said, hey, play like that. Like, go out there and have fun, and let's see you let well, it rip and see what happens. And once he started playing with that confidence, he was a different player. It took that. It took Joe Milton getting hurt. It took Joe Milton not hitting wide-open receivers for all these things that, to come together for a perfect storm. But now Hendon Hooker, go watch him when he was at Virginia Tech, and he was just more of a runner. Light years better. I mean, amazing coaching job yeah. in Tennessee compared to Virginia Tech and the coaching he got there when you look at his production right now. It's incredible to watch. In, uh, in their games this season, 15 passing plays of 28 or more yards, chunk yardage where they can make you pay. At Hooker, 36 passing plays of 30 yards or more uh, through four games. Or th- excuse me, through his 17 games. He's got 26 of his 39 uh, have uh, – have 39 yards or more through 17 games. I mean, they, they on the routine, they are making teams pay whenever they're going at this high rate of speed and they're going up over the top. You know, he's uh, hypo calls a good game to where he's not putting his quarterback in really tough spots, but also when Hendon hooker is not great, he's good enough to not make that huge error. Quarterbacks are allowed to make mistakes, right? Like that, uh, a, a turnover is going to happen at an inopportune time. And now that the hope is they're defensively to a point where they can get a stop or hold a team to a field goal on a quick change, a sudden change in a big moment, that's going to happen against Georgia or Alabama. You can just feel it. And are they good so, enough? Have they improved enough to get an extra stop or two in those games? Yeah. And that's, that's always going to be, the, the issue, if, there, if there's only one thing you can say about Heupel and this system and this offense is that the knock is forever going to be that being a defensive player at Tennessee doesn't matter. That your existence just doesn't matter as much as the offense because you're simply there as a placeholder to get back on the field quickly after your offense scores a touchdown. And that's not his reaction at all. You though. have to fight that. And I love his answer to you when you asked that, Hutton, over SEC media days. You have to fight against that and say, no. We, well, for the we future, want, yes. We want the defense to play like us on offense. I think to do that, you have to play more like the offense and be even more aggressive on defense and live with the big well, the big, you know, 80-yard completion you're going to give you, up every now and again. But you also, I mean, they don't have a Tillman in their secondary. No, you, you got to get the they, players. But, but until they get the players, that's, that was the premise of my question to him. I love the way he answered it. But my question, this year, to maximize this year, can you pick off a Bama or a Georgia this year? Can you be ahead of schedule? Can you be the Bengals of last year, where it felt like they were a year ahead of where they should be in their progression with a new system, new play caller, young wide receivers, um, a, a young quarterback? Can you can you jump a level with a trump card? 
to do that, their defense doesn't have to play like their offense. Their defense needs to get off the field three more times per game and give your offense an extra possession that it wasn't getting last year. Because that's all it took against Bama last year and Bryce Young. One turnover. Turnover on downs. Yeah. And it was over because Bama doubled up the score and then Tennessee couldn't match them because their defense wasn't going to stop them. To do that for this year's Tennessee team, you're going to need – first off, you need to recruit more of these guys. They're going to need Byron Young and Tyler Barron combined to play like one Will Anderson in a game. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to impact a game in that way to where they're going to create a couple turnovers. And when they're not, they've got multiple sacks over the course of a game if Tennessee's going to have a chance defensively to hang with those teams. Uh, There's a boost right now at DraftKings. Uh, Get Aaron Judge to record a hit. It's boosted to plus 100 right now at DraftKings. Outkick.com slash bet is the website to go check out and get all these great offers, including the the latest NFL offer. $5 with the bet gets you $200 in free bets for all new DraftKings users. you got to be 21 years or older. This is for first-time DraftKings Sportsbook customers. DraftKings, they've updated their NFL offer. Bet $5, win 200 in free bets. The offer is live right now. It's through November 20th. Outkick.com slash bet is the website. Bet five or more on any NFL pregame money line. If you win that bet, you win 200 in free bets plus any cash winnings from your original wager once it settles. Make sure it's with your first wager after you deposit $5 or more at DraftKings. Outkick.com slash bet is the website. you got to be 21 years or older. Visit Outkick.com slash bet for all of our DraftKings content. That's Outkick.com slash bet. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Okay, 360 rolls on. Chad, what do you have in there uh, in front of you now? The orange, what is this? Uh, this is uh, Hutton. This would be creamsicle? the orange creamsicle cream liqueur provided by Old Smoky Moonshine. Nice. So I ate a pickle that was doused in moonshine last week. Shall I venture into the creamsicle next? Yeah, I mean, we can have whatever we want in here. We've got pumpkin spice over here too, right? 
Yeah, this pump, is all oh, ours. pumpkin pie. Excuse me. People think this is just a set, and that the, these things aren't real. No, this <laughs> is ours. Like these, every item you see around here, it belongs to us. We could consume any of these things at any given time, and you never know when it's going to happen. If I wanted to take that Yeehaw Dunkel right back here and pour it into this Tommy Lair and his fearless mug and chug it on this show, that's what I would do. That's, that's, that's on the back. Outkick on the front. I would do it right now, Hutton. That's what I would do. We may do it next segment. Okay, 360 rolls on. Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Stephanie Odie is our guest, Big Ten Network, Action Sports Network, talking some college football job openings and more. She was in Knoxville this past weekend as uh, Tennessee got it done over Florida. Stephanie, good to see you. Hope things are well. Yeah, thanks for having me. We missed you guys in Knoxville. The only disappointing thing about the whole weekend was they ran out of fried alligator at the restaurants after the game. You mean, <laughs> other, other than us not being there, the only disappointing thing was that the alligator. That too, that too. Steph, you can vote on this too. Should I go creamsicle next or another pickle, moonshine pickle? What should be next? Ooh, so I notoriously love pickleback with my tequila. So I, I might have to go pickle with the pickles. I've never heard of ordering a pickleback until now. I've heard of nickelback. With I've like not whiskey. I've pickleback until now. <laughs> it's supposed to be with whiskey, but I like tequila. So that's amazing. Tequila pickle back. <laughs> hey, how how was the atmosphere in Knoxville? We we watched it on television and it looked terrific. I know you were front and center uh, for mm-hmm. a lot of the tailgating and atmosphere going on around the stadium. What was it like? You know, I'm getting deep into SEC now, uh, being down south, and I was really impressed with Tennessee. The fans showed up. They gave Clay a cigar before his hit. I mean, it was a very fun environment. They had alligators dangling and and hanging with nooses all over. I mean, they really went out for this Florida game. I can only imagine how it's going to be when Alabama comes to town. I I need to ask uh, Clay, you may have seen, how much of that cigar did he actually smoke? He had one in the pregame, and then he got offered another one postgame. I did, think he enjoyed the postgame more after yeah. the nerves calmed and, and Tennessee won, but he definitely enjoyed the second one. The, the, the first I, one I, the was backdrop was awesome. I was ho- I watched his Fox, the big noon kickoff hit, and I was hoping he would take a puff and just start choking. Because <laughs> it was a great setup where the smoke him if you got him. I yeah. was half expecting to just start you know, choking yeah. up, coughing up a lung on TV. <laughs> would have been a great reaction. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great setting there with the Vol Navy and everything else there. Uh, Stephanie Odie, our guest, let, let, let's discuss some of the college football openings uh, right now in the Power Five, starting with Nebraska and, and what you've heard so far. Who who could be in line? A lot of people are mentioning Urban Meyer, and I know you know he was in town recently, and they're oh. trying to make a big deal about that. What's realistic for the Cornhuskers? Yeah. I mean, my favorite for this one is Luke Fickle. Love him out of Cincinnati. What he did with the Bearcats was remarkable because I think Nebraska's issue isn't so much in recruiting that they do well, but it's more of translating that onto the field. Uh, And Luke Fickle is notoriously a great developer because, you know, when you're not in the power five, it's a little bit tricky to get those five-star recruits and getting nine draft picks, a school record this past season, Really stands out to me. He's my favorite for this one. Also, Jamie Chadwell is another favorite out of Coastal Carolina, putting their team on the national scene. That one's hard to beat with that innovative spread option offensive scheme. That led to big results. He also had back-to-back 11-win seasons. And I think I like him for Georgia Tech as well, mainly because he has recruiting experience in the South. But I think the way Luke Fickle can develop is my favorite for Nebraska. Will will he take it? He's turned down on Big Ten teams before with Michigan State, so... 
We'll see. Yeah, I, I would. Th- that would be my big question with Luke Fickle. You know, he's an Ohio guy. He's there at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It feels to me like it's Ohio State job or maybe NFL at some point or bust. I, I mean, that would be a, a, a grand slam for Nebraska mm-hmm. to get Luke Fickle. But how likely would that be? Uh, I don't know if I see it. I mean, with Cincinnati moving into the Big 12, it's tough. He's going to get into power five, but he he's interviewed with NFL teams before. I think it would have to be a, like an Ohio state opening or, or one close to home. He's a sentimental guy. I mean, when Michigan was talked about potentially having an opening last season, he turned it down. I mean, he didn't even want to consider it. He's an Ohio guy, you know, Ohio folks, but I think it would have to be a, a bigger option. You know, there's some other opportunities that could open up in the sec, but Nebraska, not so much for a Big Ten spot. I mean, if you turned down Michigan State, I don't know if you would take Nebraska. So if you're trying to come up with, uh, Chad, the path for Luke Fickle, if it's Ohio State or bust in college, which it very mm-hmm. male, it could be, um, what you, I, the, way, the path to that for me would be that Matt Eberflus falls flat on his face in Chicago and they panic and they go get they go get Ryan Day at Ohio State and give him whatever he wants to come coach Justin Fields again because they truly believe he's the franchise quarterback about. in Chicago. Yeah, and they didn't do it. Um, and, and, yeah. and I don't think Ryan Day really wanted it at the time. But and then Luke Fickle just heads you right up, up. What is that, I-75 to Columbus? You want to up the offer <laughs> up as, I-75 as they to start Columbus. to you know, build yep. a new stadium and do some things, or they just move on from quarterback. But they gave up a lot to trade up and get Justin Fields to begin with. And not much mm-hmm. return on investment with what's around him right now. Georgia Tech, Chad, go ahead and throw out your suggestion for Georgia Tech. Well, I, I really feel like they're at a crossroads because they're not. We know they're not relevant right now, but I mean they're at risk of completely falling off the college football planet at this point, mm-hmm. and they are located squarely in an athletic mm-hmm. mecca in the city of Atlanta. Right? I mean, it is right there in the middle of everything. You don't. You could throw a football around your recruiting radius around Georgia Tech and have a good team in the ACC every single year. So, mm. isn't this the time to go big? It's hard to be boring. Maybe, there, maybe with a, maybe with a big time name, maybe with a name uh, and 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 a nickname that's never going to be boring right now at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, right now, I, I I can run over to Georgia Tech. You're not wrong here in Atlanta. It's, you know, just a rock throw away, but it doesn't have the hype that it should. I'm with you on a big name person to come in. Someone loved in Atlanta. I think Dion primetime Sanders would be a good pick. I mean, what he's done for Jackson State, 19 and five as the head coach. That includes an 11 and two finish season last year. Although the Georgia Tech, I think recruiting could be better to your guys' point. Atlanta, it's a it's a media hub. You should be able to recruit well here. I think their spending might be a concern there, but another person that could be up for interest is Georgia offensive coordinator Ton Monken. But I think my favorite here is Deion Sanders. It's a perfect fit for Atlanta. He could bring juice and attention to this program that isn't really getting it. We haven't seen the Falcons do too hot in recent years. So come on, let's bring some football back to Georgia aside from the Bulldogs who won the national championship last year. I, I was hanging out with someone who knows Dion well, and um, this is this weekend. And I asked him about Dion and when he's going to make the jump to a power five. And if it's not Florida state, who would it be? And they named uh, Georgia, they named Georgia tech and Arizona state as two programs that will be going hard after him. And they lean more towards ACC and Georgia Tech than Arizona State. And I know you don't think Arizona State's looking that way. 
Uh, but where could they go? One of your names, uh, Steph, is also one of the names that Chad likes for Nebraska. Yeah. So yeah, he could go either way. Jamie Chadwell as well out of Coastal Carolina. But the interesting thing with Georgia Tech is that they also lost, they fired their athletic director. So you wonder if they're going to make a move there sooner than placing head coach. So who's going to call, make the call here on, in hiring their head coach? When you look at Arizona State, I think that there's a big mess out there. You know, they're under yeah. NCAA investigation. Who would want to take that on? And the Pac-12, the conference is also turning into a mess. As you see USC and UCLA leave them for the Big Ten. We'll see how that plays out. But you're going to need someone to step in and, and take control. And I think the person that they should really target, the top priority, I don't know if they can get him, out of Kansas, I think my favorite right now to win head coach of the year, Lance Leipold. I mean, he has what he's done with the Sun Devils, what he could do for the Sun Devils would be exactly what he has done for Kansas, turning this, this program around. We're not talking about Kansas right now in basketball season. We're talking about a blue blood in football, really just making this the most coveted, uh, the, I think the hardest job in the power five. So if you can take that to, uh, to Arizona State, I think that would be the top candidate you could also look at out of Baylor, Jeff Grimes, I think bringing in that that big Southern power could be big. He's had a lot of coaching experience at several other programs, but they should definitely keep their eyes on LiPo. I think he would make the biggest impact in how he can rebuild because I think they're too much of a mess. They're just going to have to really pull out all those stops to get him. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think someone's getting a great coach with Lance Leipold and could be Nebraska, could be Arizona State, but if he makes a move, someone's getting a winner and he's won at, at multiple levels. Uh, Auburn is another program that's kind of at a crossroads right now. We know it's not, it's not if but when with Brian Harson mm -hmm. that he's not going to be the coach. Auburn likes to go big. They like to the boosters like to get involved, go deep into their pockets to try to land a, a big name coach. Is it possible right now, Stephanie? I don't know if it is. I mean, there's a lot of things they need to to change here. And the feeling I'm getting, I, I had conversations with some of the staff, the some of the lower staff, and they were Snapchatting their win this past Saturday, one and zero in the SEC. I quickly responded, "You're zero and one in the Big Ten. But it, it, I don't know if it's really hit them yet. <laughs> the word around Auburn is. It, it, to your point, it doesn't even matter how the rest of the season goes. They just want Harson out. Uh, so you you wonder, what can they do to change that? Is it worth changing? Lane Kiffin, I think, would be the top candidate. Again, would you really want to leave the spot that he's in now? But the way he can develop quarterbacks, I think that Auburn needs a quarterback. They need to recruit better. They lost a lot of guys, you know, struggles with the transfer portal. So I think that would be their target, but can they bring in a big name? Maybe Deion Sanders was another one uh, that could that could be up in this conversation, but they're going to need a big recruiter that can really step in and, and turn this program around because I was there for the Penn State-Auburn game. I even tweeted out, Penn State is more SEC than Auburn. I mean, it was just, it was bad. I don't know if it really gave Penn State much credit, really. I mean, it was just how bad Auburn was playing. So yeah, things aren't going well. I think it's almost a certainty that Harson will be out after this season or before the season ends. I mean, if they don't get rid of him, he's going to leave because he wants out I mean, just I, as much as the supporters I, want him out. I really think he's a Missouri running back throwing the ball out of the end zone for a fumble in overtime away from being fired two days ago Yeah, on Sunday yeah. after that game. See, this, to me, is a great spot for Urban Meyer. Auburn needs a type of coach like that, a proven winner in college everywhere he's been, 
a guy that's just dumb enough to jump into the SEC West with the hotbed of all the other coaches and say that he's just as good and go in there and stir the pot in recruiting. He, he could bring in the players. We've seen it before, and he's won in college regardless of what happened in the NFL. Yeah, everyone knows how, how much I want to see Urban coach again, but I don't know if it'll happen. I think that he is really loving uh, working with Fox. The big new kickoff crew loves him. And I, you know, I even reached out to see if, if you know, the family had discussed it. I didn't get that sense. It, it really feels like they think he's done. You never know. Uh, we saw Tim Tebow say he loves to compete. That is so true. Uh, but would he go back after, you know, the way things had panned out? Is it appealing? Because College football is not the same from when he was coaching, and it wasn't that long ago. Uh, they have the transfer portal now. They have NIL. I mean, the jump from college football to NFL was always a concern, but going back to college football in this different space, I don't know if it would be appealing to coach. I mean, he is doing very well in broadcasting with Big New Kickoff. I think he'll stay there, but you never know how long it's going to take to get that itch again. We thought it would last longer through each uh, job he's had. So it just really depends when he'll get pulled in. I don't think Auburn will be the job to do it. Ohio State was always, you know, the the gold standard where he aspired to go to. So, you know, what could replace that for him? Uh, turning a, a, a bull ineligible program into a 12-0 and and winning a national championship there, 7-0 and against their big rival. I really don't know. I mean, leave on a high note and he's doing well uh, broadcasting. So I don't feel it's coming. I don't even feel it's been discussed. So I think he's going to stick it out with Fox for now, but it just takes a certain amount of time before he gets the itch again. Well, Stephanie Odie, our guest, she would know. And I would say I would love to see Urban, Me Urban Meyer attack the transfer portal. He, they, they could get some guys quickly. Yeah, I mean, look, Urban Meyer is a great college football coach. Um, he's going to win wherever he goes. He's won big everywhere he's been before, so I have no doubt about that. It's all about his desire. Anyone, anyone would hire him, right? Yes, it's yes. just if he if he would go there, if he would want to do it. But see, the way I feel about Auburn, Stephanie, I I feel the opposite of the way I feel about Georgia Tech. I feel like Georgia Tech needs sizzle and shine mm -hmm. with whoever they hire because they need to get some attention in a huge media market in Atlanta and get recruits based on celebrity, possibly. Mm -hmm. And I look at Auburn, I feel like they need an adult in the room. They should hire <laughs> Lance Leipold. Like, they need someone to yeah. come in to coach football that's not even going to bother with some of the outside interference and just establish a program that can be a winner in the SEC West. So we'll see which direction they go. But it's weird how different I feel about both programs right now. They're both at a crossroads, but both need something very different Ohio State doesn't need much of anything right now. You you know this program very well. Is anyone in the Big Ten contending with, with the Buckeyes this season? Oh, it's been for so long. It's been a, quite the jump from Ohio State and down. You know, Michigan upsetting them last year. It wasn't even too upsetting because we needed a boost to the rest of the conference. You know, uh, it, it just wasn't the same with no one competing. I think this year looks a little bit better. There's still quite the jump but no one's going to take them down. I do like that Michigan is going to Ohio to play in the horseshoe that gives Ohio State much better odds than having to play in the big house. Penn State, although I don't think too highly of them this year, they, they've made some strides, upset Auburn. How much of a win was that really? Uh, but playing in Happy Valley, this is the toughest environment in college football. That'll test you. So I think that would be 
almost more of a concern than Michigan, although Michigan is a, a much better skilled team. But just that environment alone can get you. And sometimes I wondered with C.J. Stroud, I feel like he would get jittery at the start, but fortunately he'll play them later in the season. But just getting through that, those big environment jitters, we saw that against Notre Dame with all these NFL alumni and, and current players and LeBron James, all these big names in the audience, you know, it, it really gets to you. So that is one game that I would have circled, but there's just too much of a jump between uh, the, just the talent alone with these, with all the programs in Ohio state. What's going on with Minnesota. Are you surprised as we are to see what Minnesota's done thus far? I, I was, I picked Michigan state to win at home saying that, Hey, I mean, they're paying their coach nine and a half million dollars. They should beat Minnesota at home and they couldn't do it. It wasn't, I mean, not yeah. even close. I w- I'm not too surprised. I mean, Minnesota is my dark heart, dark horse this year heading into with my preseason odds. I got them at plus 475 to win the West. They're only down to 375. They're below Wisconsin. So I think out of the West, I think they're the best team, especially how we saw Ohio State beat down on them. Can they compete with Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship? I don't know about that, but, you know, Ohio State blew out Wisconsin during the regular season. And just a few years ago, we saw then beat Wisconsin in the regular season and then go and play in the Big Ten championship, but they had Jonathan Taylor. So Minnesota, can they compete at a high level with the Big Ten East? I I, I feel like it's going to be, I feel like they have big playability, but you just look at the talent. So I think Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, they have the best talent in the conference, but Minnesota can show up when, when they need to. So it really depends on who brings it. Stephanie Ode has been our guest talking Big Ten, college football, job openings, and more. Uh, great to have you on. Uh, hopefully we'll have you on again in the near future. And I don't know where you're off to this weekend, but enjoy the college football. Get you some fried gator wherever you are, yeah. since you didn't get any in, in Knoxville. Yeah, I, got, I better see you at the next one. You guys got to show up. Cheers with your pickled tequila. Yeah, yeah. You guys have to try it. It's actually really good. I'll let Chad try it. Yeah, I'll, Chad. Chad's Chad's our clown. It if wipes we, out, you guys. It wipes out the you know tequila. It doesn't have, like any shot you take. It'll just wipe out the flavor. I'm a Completely human science experiment. Yeah. I'll try anything. So yeah. and it's hydrating. I'll get to that. I know soon. people use it as a, a pre workout. So give it a whirl. <laughs> give it a try. Is it like a back. full dill pickle they give you when you get a pickle back? Or You've just never one of the seen this sandwich pickles. It's, it it they'll give it to you. It's just a it looks like green like lime greenish liquid i mean they're not giving you a pickle to chomp oh, they're giving on you pickle juice yes pickle juice i'm just like chopping I, down I've, chad's all about putting pardon me i've seen pickles in a bloody mary but that's about it towers of burgers and yeah, yeah no this is just pickle juice a pickle back it's, is it, like basically you throw it back after a shot to me, I'm not that, mixing it together. It makes me. Uh, I thought you were just eating a pickle every time you took a shot. <laughs> that is like so bizarre. I, <laughs> they only did that on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Stephanie Odie, uh, our guest. Coming up. Never um, thought to do that. Yeah. Um. To me, that would taste like uh, Broadway smells right now. Like I'm. That to me does not. Well, taste. if you take a shot and then have like water back, you, the, the water is going to taste just like the shot right after you take yeah. the shot, right? So that's not as good, but... We need the lime, right? But she's doing... Yeah. Maybe yep. it's good. Yeah. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Uh, coming up, I'm we'll give you the latest uh, NFL injury report. Plus, I've got to confess to Chad and everyone. And God. What? Well, 
He knows. <laughs> He'll confess to Chad he, and God. Yeah, he, he, knows. he and Davey witnessed this. Um, I will let everyone know what went down last night on film and what will be out tonight at OutKick.com. That's all coming up at OutKick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'll kick 360 rolls on. Jacob Hollister, former Seahawks tight end, is signed with the Vikings. They're needing some help there. The Jets have placed offensive tackle George Fant on IR. And Sterling Shepard officially tore his ACL. They were looking for a second uh, opinion. He's done. So he's He seemed pretty it. certain of what had happened when he was getting carted yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, not pretty. And then you have... Um, other players, I think Odell. I, I hope I'm. I hope it was Beckham. It may be someone else. Uh, forgive me if I got that part wrong. Blaming the turf. So, uh, not good. Non-contact injury there at MetLife. Let's get to this uh, confession, Hudden. Oh yeah, I can't so, wait to hear this. Outkicks Fantasy Football League. Um, every week, we have um, a lowest score. Right. Last week I was the low score here and. My team is awful. My other leagues, by the way, I, I'm a big proponent of only one fantasy football team. It, it's impossible. As though, am I. Impossible for us to only be in one fantasy football league. We've got one for the show, one locally. Uh, we have, I have one I with have OutKick. Two, the show one and the OutKick one. I'm in one here at 6th and Peabody because they're great partners of ours. Um, it, you know, I turned down some others. I'm in, you know, two is one too many for me. Nonetheless. I'm good in the other leagues, okay? I take it serious. Uh, if there are meetings, and trust me when I say, OutKick holds plenty of meetings. Chad and I, our phones are blowing up, trying to figure out, hey, when's Clay going to be available for this draft? Clay picked the time and the date, one hour. My calendar says 9 o'clock. Well, that's 9 o'clock Eastern. So I missed the draft, and... You know, auto draft. I end up with Trey Lance as my quarterback. He's done. Thank you, Matt. He's done. Um, and he was done before his injury, mind you. Uh, Rex Burkhead, who John McClain's even making fun of, is one of my running backs. And uh, the waiver wire exists. The waiver wire has, you know, at quarterback, uh, the, great, um, the great quarterbacks right now would be Joe Flacco, who's a starter maybe for another week maybe. with New York. And uh, I'm not even first on the waiver wire. Nonetheless, I'm a good sport with this, right? I'm doing it for the good of the site. So the first punishment, and I, I wasn't aware of this mill challenge. I didn't do this. I believe Ferris had this the first week. Uh, Anthony Ferris from Outkick.com. and did well but with this. It was the Donald Trump COVID mill challenge, which was like two Big Macs, Davey. Two filet of fishes. It was like two of everything, I felt like, on the menu. Like two of four different items on the menu. Yeah, and he apparently downs this, and you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, 
and you do it at 10 o'clock at night. Like Chad could finish this meal. Yeah, I, Hunt meat's like a bird. I, I saw it. I'm yeah. like, this would be not that difficult for me. So if I, I was hungry, I'm the lowest score, and I'm like, of course I am. And they were down at Auburn the week prior, and they they're going around polling fans, which I think is brilliant. They're doing great with this, asking for punishment ideas. So this girl, this Auburn fan, says that the punishment, which is what I filmed last night. I had to dress as Harry Styles, go into a Walmart, and sing Golden um, in front of anyone inside of the Walmart. So last night, Chad, right after the show, I go to Goodwill. I picked out the best women's clothing you could find. <laughs> did you wear a blouse? I, I, I did. I sure did. That's how I, Harry Styles dresses? I dressed at oh, Google him. Okay. Google image him right now. I wouldn't now. know where to start, so I'd have to Google first. The, the beautiful Harry Styles. Uh, he is known for wearing dresses. I did not wear a dress. Um, I did dress as Harry Styles. Davey Hudson approved of this. Um, he thought it was, you know, Harry Styles worthy. And, uh, you know, I walked the runway at, uh, at Walmart and sang my heart out last night. And that will be available for you at OutKick.com wow. later this evening. That's impressive. Hey, Cheers to you, Hutton. Oh, sorry. I should have cheers you. For uh, for uh, getting these beers over here, but also for owning up to finishing last, even though you didn't draft your own team. <laughs> yes. And I called you out last week, too. I'm like, Chad, of all people, knows that I'm very prompt. And even he was seeing some of these picks. I'm like, you know I wouldn't pick these players. Well, I didn't Anyone know. Anyone watching. No, no, no. To my- Anyone watching. To my defense, though, I didn't see what it was going so fast because Clay put an hour stipulation right. on it. Yeah. So we had like five Trust, seconds. Uh, between, we met five times about I it. Didn't I know. See, I didn't see who any individual person picked. I was just laughing at Dan Dockich and Armando Salguero putting their picks in the chat because they didn't know how to draft online. So they were like writing out their picks. Joe Mixon, you know, <laughs> I would just see appear in the chat the whole time. Yeah, no, I if I would have known that it was I, I just assumed you were in there drafting with everyone else. I didn't see who anyone picked. I picked my team and I'm undefeated. Dan Dockett is in the league. He had I'm never, three and up. this is his first league ever, apparently. He he auto drafted for one round and was complaining about it. I interrupted him like, Dan, I got you on this. Yeah. Try the entire draft and showing up at nine o'clock and trying to figure out why no one's there after we spent <laughs> I'll say this. We spent uh, with long, what, longer on our meetings about the draft than with how as angry long as you the draft were that took. night and what you told me. I'm shocked that you agreed to do anything by finishing. That's for last. good of the league. And the fact that I'm doing it, and I'm, I did not, I'm not the lowest scorer this week. I have no idea who is, but you'll find out with me at outkick.com tonight. Again. Along with Harry Styles, who I'm a big fan of, obviously. We're back at it tomorrow for Outkick 360. Cheers.